whenever we need you. You're with us wherever we go, and Lord, you speak to us.
And I want you to look at verse 15. Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. And uh, he had just uh, healed someone and he told them not to tell anybody. And in verse 15, the Bible says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to what? And to be what? To hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. I thought about this. How did his fame get dispersed in that day? They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have uh, Facebook or Instagram or any of the other social media. But people who saw Jesus firsthand or who who were touched by Jesus firsthand, they told people. Amen. And they told someone, and they told someone, and they told someone. And I want you to take notice that his fame went abroad. It was, uh, you couldn't keep it down. So what I'm saying is, words about what Jesus did were being told and were being distributed, were being set forth throughout all the land. So people were hearing words about Jesus. And notice, they came together to hear and to be healed. Healing must be associated with what we hear. Amen? There must be something related to what you hear. You know, faith comes by hearing. And... uh, Healing is for real. It is the will of God. Jesus demonstrated it. God named himself a healer. It's recorded in his word, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, people were healed. Okay? Individuals were healed. Groups were healed. Notable miracles took place. Like when the blind man was healed from birth and he went before the priest, no one could doubt that. When the man was healed at the gate beautiful and he came in leaping in the church, no one could doubt that. God did miracles for people to see. And people were healed under the ministry of the apostles. So he said healing is for real. Healing is for today. Did you know that doctors do not heal? For example, if you break a bone, the doctor doesn't heal it. He puts the bone in place and he puts a cast on it so your arm doesn't move. And in not moving your arm, what happens to that bone? It gets fused together. Amen? How many have ever cut their finger? Paper cut, whatever. Sharp object. Show me that cut today. Not unless you got cut yesterday, I mean. But what happened to the cuts on your fingers? How did they get you? God created our bodies 
with the ability to heal. Did you know that your body automatically stops bleeding by itself? Unless the cut is too deep or too... It's called clotting, right? God designed your body so that you wouldn't bleed excessively if, if you cut your skin. I looked up the word diagnosis. And a diagnosis is identification of the nature of an illness or other problems by examining the symptoms. Okay? And uh, they come to a conclusion, right? And they use their stethoscope or a thermometer or an x-ray or a blood culture uh, all these tools that help identify what's going on in the body and whatever diagnosis they come, they come to that's the diagnosis right but it's based on facts. And then after the diagnosis, they give you a prognosis, which is a uh, what you can expect what is going to happen. They kind of give you a plan of action. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. Okay? So your body may say that it is sick with pain, discomfort, nausea, Weakness, brokenness, unproductivity, and the doctor may examine your symptoms and perform tests to determine your diagnosis, and then the doctor will then give you a prognosis. A doctor looks at the facts with natural science, and he looks at the normal makeup of your physical body with limited knowledge of the entire situation. Right? Because sometimes, if an area is too complex for a doctor, they refer you to who? A specialist. Who solely studies that part of your body. Now, once you receive a diagnosis based on natural things, you can get a diagnosis based on spiritual things. Amen. See, because the spirit created the natural. The invisible created the visible. You can actually speak directly to your manufacturer, the Lord God Almighty. Why is that important? Because <laughs> He designed, created, and sustained the world, including your body. He made this world out of His Word. And he can repair, renew, recreate, and restore anything that needs to because his word is in infinite, unlimited supply. See, a doctor didn't manufacture the body. He could only study the body that was manufactured. But you can actually talk to the manufacturer about your body. Who's going to know more? Someone who created something or someone who studied what was created?
You know, David prayed a prayer. He said, create in me a clean heart. If God can create a clean heart, he can create strong hands. He can create strong feet. He can create workable organs. He can change the system. If there's a system in your body that's not working, he knows how to make it work. Or he can just recreate it. What do you think happened when Jesus said, stretch forth your hand when that man's hand was withered? That creative power went into that hand and recreated the brand new hand. And as he stretched it out at, at the command of God, the hand was made brand new. It was crushed. It was not working. However it got crushed doesn't matter. But God is the author of health. Let's go to Exodus chapter 15. And let's look at this passage of scripture. I had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, and so how I normally do my preparation, it wasn't working. So how many know you've got to be flexible? Amen. So this is a class, Faith for Miracles for Healing. How many believe that healing is God's will? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is the foundation, that is the first step. You know, Jesus came to do the will of the Father, and if he went everywhere healing people, then healing is the Father's will. Amen. Okay? So, once you know it's God's will, just accept it. Just receive it. Exodus chapter 15, and let's go to verse 22. Well, verse 23. Sorry. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Now this is interesting, because we're going to get to the healing part. But these were the same group of people that not too long ago walked through the Red Sea. And they... Conquered the Amalekites that attacked them after being rest, delivered from Egypt. And they came to a place where they couldn't drink water. The moment they experienced a problem that brought bitterness, they did not pray, they complained. They did not seek God, but they magnified the problem. How come they didn't say, Let's pray to have some water. No, they, they complained. And they said, uh, the people murmured against Moses. Did you know that murmuring never solves your problem? And we'll discover that God's not a fan of murmuring or complaining or grumbling or whining. 
Amen? So, he made a statue there for them. He, a statute is something prescribed. He set up a prescription for them. When you face a problem in life, how many has faced a problem in life? Did you know that problems are never invited, they just show up? How many of you have sat down today and said, Lord, just load me with problems today? (laughs) So a statute is a prescription. It's something prescribed. So God used the situation to teach them a lesson. Whenever you come against a problem in life, whether it's a mental problem, a financial problem, or a physical problem, we've got to go to God. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, go to God. If God can take care of the waters, He can take care of the body. So, Moses was the only one who prayed to God because the people were complaining against him, so he prayed to God. And what did God do? God gave him a solution. He showed him a tree. What do you think a tree represents? What does a tree represent here? Come on, talk to me. It it represents Jesus, right? He hung on a tree. And on that tree, he paid for our sins. On that tree, he shed his blood. On that tree, he atoned for us. He redeemed us. He he paid the price for us. What Jesus does is the only thing that can change, that can make bitter things sweet. What Jesus did. Okay? So, uh... Moses, he didn't know the tree was there, but God showed the tree, he threw it in, and instantly the waters were made sweet. And verse 26, And the Lord said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Say, you've got to listen. What do you got to listen to? You've got to listen to his voice. When you're experiencing sickness, your body will be talking. Right? Your body will be saying, I don't feel good, it hurts, ouch, ooh, whatever. Your body talks to you. But whenever you face a problem, doesn't matter what the problem, but especially a physical problem, you've got to take some time and diligently hearken to His voice. You've got to zero in on God's voice because he knows how to handle the situation. Notice he said, if you will. Hearing God's voice is not automatic. You've got to seek him to find him. You've got to look for him to see him. Although he's not far. If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And, everybody say and. Will do that which is right in his sight. How many know? Faith is what we do. 
When you believe something, you're going to do something. If you don't believe it, you won't do anything about it. Is that right? Believing is doing. It could be saying, it could be taking an action, but believing is doing. And you've got to do that which is right according to who? In his sight. Okay? According to the Lord. And if you'll give ear to his commandments. When you're facing a sickness, you've got to find out what God says about sickness. Amen? Well, I mean, when, when we're really sick, we go see a doctor, don't we? I have nothing against doctors. Uh, Luke wrote two books of the Bible who was a doctor. Amen? God is for doctors, but doctors are limited. Jesus is the great physician. He's unlimited. So you've got you to hear, you've got to do, you've got to give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who what? I am Jehovah, I am the Lord who heals you. Not going to heal you, not hope to heal you, but I am the Lord who heals you. Healing is my name, healing is my nature, healing is my game. And God wants people healed as much as he wants them saved. Because the same act accomplished both. I am the Lord that heals you. Say, I'm healed. You can say that because he said that. Say, he is the Lord who heals me. He's in the healing business. He brings health and healing. Amen? So, let me build your faith on healing. Go with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. When you hear scriptures about healing, faith comes to your heart for healing. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. How do you find out about his benefits in praise and blessing him? When you bless him, he shows you what his benefits are. If you want to know God's benefit package, bless him. Praise him. Exalt him. Lift his name up. Amen? Amen. That is the key to knowing what he's given to us, what he's provided for us. Bless, bless, bless. In two verses, he says that three times. Hmm. Verse 3. He forgives all your iniquities. How many iniquities? And he heals what? All your diseases. So forgiveness and healing are the exact same thing. As far as God is concerned. 
God doesn't have to uh, manifest a different power to heal you than He did to save you. It's the same thing. Amen? He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Every disease. Every infirmity. Every weakness. Amen? Amen. All means all. What else does He do? He redeems your life from destruction. Do you realize that you're here today because somewhere along the line God redeemed your life from destruction? I don't know about you, but uh, there were things that I did that weren't too smart that I needed deliverance from. Amen? And there were other times when the enemy was just trying to take me out and I needed deliverance from. Somewhere along the line, God delivered you. He redeemed your life from destruction. Then, He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He showers you with love and compassion. Did you know that God, Jesus, healed people because of His compassion? His compassion moves into action. What else does He do? He satisfies your mouth with good things. Oh, he'll heal, he'll heal your taste buds. Amen? He satisfies you with what kind of things? Good things. And your youth is renewed like the eagles. Woo! You can get younger and younger. I choose to go from glory to glory. Amen? Caleb who was 85, he declared, he said, I'm as strong as I was when I was 40. How did that happen? Because he was of a different spirit. He understood about being renewed, strength being renewed like the eagles, your youth renewed, your vibrancy renewed. Amen? That's part of healing. He puts oil in those rusty joints and he makes them move better. Alright, go to Psalm 30. Psalm 30. Hallelujah. Psalm 30 and verse 2. O Lord my God, I cried unto you and you have healed me. Say this, say Lord. You have healed me. When did he do that? When did he heal you? When he died on the cross. When he took the pain and the punishment and the stripes and the crown of thorns and the beatings. When he did that, that's when you were healed. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. And then we're going to look at some examples. Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That word sorrows is literally the word sickness. He carried 
your sicknesses. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are what? Say we are. That's present tense. We're not going to be healed. We are the healed. Alright, go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. This is a beautiful connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Matthew 8, 16. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word. All they had to do was say go, and they had to go. They could not remain. And healed all that were sick. What did they do? Okay, notice verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. You've got to understand this. What Isaiah was prophesying, Jesus was doing to fulfill the word. By his stripes you were healed, Jesus was actually healing people to fulfill what Isaiah spoke. Go to 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24. Notice this. Why would we disagree with that? 
I mean, if the word says you're healed, what second opinion are you going to get? There's no one that has a higher authority than the word of God. God created the world with his word. And he sustains the world with his word. If he was to go against his word, the world would fall apart. And the same thing that he created the world, you're made out of. And whenever something is in you that's not working, he goes to the source of your creation and he fixes you with his word. That's why we can respond to the word when we need help, when we need healing. It's the word is the source of our health. Amen? Amen. In Acts 17.28, it says, In Him we live and move and have our being. I want you to go to uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to read this from a couple different translations. Because we've got to understand this. See, when it comes to the Word of God, whose report are you going to believe? Okay, the doctor gives you a report, right? The doctor's just looking at the facts, but he's not looking at the truth. That's right. Facts don't change facts, but truth changes facts. But see, God comes from a perspective of the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's looking at your facts, and he's giving you a diagnosis that's based on the truth, and the truth can change the facts. The truth can change the circumstance. The truth can change the situation. Amen? John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word. What was in the beginning? The Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was the Word made flesh. When Mary received the Word, she received conception. Okay? The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Say all things. Does that include your body? Your heart? Your liver? Your eyes, your ears, all things were made by him. If he made them, he can fix them. All things were made by him, verse 3, and without him, nothing was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now I want you to listen to this from the Passion Translation. Okay? In the beginning, in the very beginning, the living expression was already there. Jesus was the living expression of God. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, face to face. 
in the very beginning and through his creative inspiration, this living expression made all things. For nothing has existence apart from him. Life came into being because of him. For his life is life for all humanity. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom. The light that darkness could not diminish. Oh, come on, someone say amen. amen. Darkness can't diminish it. Sickness can't stop it. Disease can't divert it. There is something greater than sickness, disease, and permanent It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit. Because they all speak the same thing. And when sickness comes in your body, the word is the cure. If you're going to get inoculated, get inoculated with faith. Hallelujah. God knows exactly how to attend to his word. He says, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your hearts. Don't have your, take your eyes off your symptoms. I know that that's hard sometimes because they're so loud. They take up your focus. But we've got to keep our eyes off of our symptoms. Go with me to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Hallelujah. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. My son, he also includes daughters. He says, attend to my word. Intend to my words, actually, plural. Incline your ear to my saying. You know, the closer you get, the more attention you give to whoever's talking. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to, the, to who? Those that find them. And health to all their flesh. That word health is actually the word marping, which is medicine. How many want medicine to all your flesh? Okay? But is there something that you have to do to participate with the medicine? Does God just take, uh, you know, like one of those, uh, those sprayers, you know, you put some liquid in it, you pump it, and you, you press a button and it sprays, right? A lot of times they use it for weed killing or whatever. God just doesn't spray us with His Word. We've got to pay attention. Right? we got to be listening. we got to be looking and keeping it in our heart so, because they're life to those that find It's not life to everybody. It's life to those that find them. Jesus said, if you look for me, you'll find me. Amen? Alright, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5.
And let's go to uh, verse 20. Mark 5, verse 20. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. This was the man from Gadara. What did he begin to do? He began to publish. What does it mean to publish? To proclaim, to share, to announce, right? So he began to publish. You might say that the man who got set free from demons was a published author. How many know if you want to be a published author, you've got to begin? So he went around telling his story. The capitalist is an area of ten cities. Okay? Everybody where this man was knew what his condition was. Everybody knew that he was the man screaming in the uh, tombs, breaking chains, cutting himself, running around naked. I mean, that's pretty obvious when you live in an area, right? We call those people crazy. Well, when you're possessed with devils, you are crazy. So, verse, the end of verse 20, all men did marvel. Okay, so they were hearing the story of what Jesus did for this man. Verse 21. When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered him. What happened the first time he came over there? Did a lot of people gather? No. He got the man set free and they were telling Jesus, you need to leave. Right? Remember that? You can read it. So, but now, because this man went around and told his testimony of how Jesus set him free, now people are gathered to Jesus. And uh, was it a little people or a lot of people? Much people gathered to him, okay? And behold... There comes one of the rulers of the synagogues, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. I, I wondered if he was coming because of all the people that were gathering. You know, when a lot of people gather, there's a commotion. Right? And here comes Jairus, and who does he take notice of? Who does he see? He sees Jesus, right? And what does he do when he sees him? He falls at his feet. He begins to worship him. He begins to honor him. He begins to value him. Okay? And then he gives him a request. He besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be what? Healed. Healed, and she shall what? Okay? Listen, God showed me this this morning. Jairus had a problem in his house. His daughter was near death. So what does he do? He goes and finds the word. And when he finds the word, he brings the solution back home with him. He, 
goes and finds the Word, and he brings the Word back home. He puts a demand on the Word. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Who set the terms of what was about to happen? Jairus. Jesus had just, he just exited the boat. And all of a sudden, a group of people are around him because they hear the story of the man from Gadara who's no longer a madman, he's a healed, delivered man. Right? And Jairus comes, he's got a problem. But how do you know when you have a problem, you've got to know where to go to get the solution? So he goes, he finds the word, he brings the word home, and he releases the power of the word in his house. And if you read the story, Jesus does exactly what he asked him to do. Say, Jesus did exactly what he asked. Too many people are sitting around waiting for Jesus to come to them, wondering why he hasn't come yet, but they haven't taken any action to go to him. Faith without works is dead. A dead person doesn't move. A dead person doesn't speak. They just lay there. If you're struggling with a physical sickness, you've got to change your mindset from why hasn't it happened to thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Jairus, he knew that he was at the solution. He stated the problem and set the parameters and said, let's go. And Jesus went with him. So what Jairus did was in faith. Because Jesus doesn't hang out with unbelief. He doesn't hang out with doubters. Right? So everything that Jairus did was in faith. Faith pleases God, doesn't it? So then, verse 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, she suffered many things of many physicians. Never say many physicians. And, uh, she had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. She wasn't helped. But rather grew worse. Everybody says she grew worse. Verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus, the thing that changed in her life was the diagnosis. Instead of hearing why the blood was flowing, or we don't have an answer, or let's do another test, she heard that I can heal your blood, I can stop the blood, I can make you whole. She heard something different. And what she heard, she believed, because she took an action. See, when you really believe something, it's going 
to cause you to move in a certain direction. It'll cause you to spring to action. And she grew worse. She did not allow her worsened condition to stop her. She went in spite of her condition. Come on, somebody. She heard of Jesus, and she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Do you think that that was easy? If you're losing blood, you're going to be weak. And if you've been losing blood for 12 years, and you couldn't find any help, and you have no money, and you grew worse, what are your options? She heard the word. She heard the life-giving source. She heard the life-giving power. And she went to that word. She went to that source. And she was going to make contact with the word in one way, shape, or another. Nothing was going to stop her. Hallelujah. And when she touched him, what happened? Virtue went out of him, went into her. She felt that she was whole in her body, right? And she said, if I touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. In other words, once again, she set the terms. Jesus was just walking with Jairus to his house. He didn't even know that she was there because when she touched him, what did he say? Who touched me? Well, I thought he knew everything. He knows what the Holy Spirit shows him. Right? Because he's not operating as God. He's operating as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. Right? And her faith which we can see in her action brought her miracle. And he told her, he said, daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. He said, if her faith can make her whole, then my faith can make me whole. See, God's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 for a second. Did you know that your faith will work in impossible situations? Hebrews 11 and 11. This is a story of healing, by the way. Hebrews 11 11. Through faith, also, Sarah herself received strength. What did Sarah receive by faith? She received strength. How did she receive her strength? Aren't you glad about the Bible that tells you exactly what happened? She received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She 
considered him faithful. She judges. Are you judging God faithful? What does it mean to judge him faithful? You can, you will, and I receive. Say that with me. Say, you can, you will, and I will receive. You're judging him faithful. When you reach a point where you don't think you can uh, get help, Sarah was past age. It was her womb was dead. Never say dead. But God performed a miracle in her womb when she judged him faithful. She's like, boy, God has been good there. God was good there. God was good there. If God was good there, there, and there, then he's going to be good here. And she began to consider how good God was, how faithful God was, how true God was, there, there, and there. Well, he doesn't change, so he's faithful. He's able. Amen? And that's what gave her strength. That's what healed her womb. She, she got pregnant at 90. It wasn't an immaculate conception. She got pregnant the old-fashioned way. Amen? 99 and 90. One time I, uh, I came across an article and it said uh, two people in their 80s were making whoopee in the back seat of a New York taxi. Faith changes things. Amen? Did you realize that when Israel left Egypt, how long were they slaves? 400 years, right? Plus years. And the Bible said that they had harsh taskmasters. So that means their work or environment wasn't too pleasant. But the Bible says in Psalm 105, verse 37, that not a sickly person left Egypt. And it also says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 11. Can you imagine two to three million people leaving slavery and not one of them is sick? Say not one of them. If God can do that for two to three million people, can he do it for you? He loves you. And there's so many more examples that I could go and do, but um, let me just give you one more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, no, I want you to go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. So God was in agreement with the healing. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, 
who was flesh and blood, and he was God, but he still needed to be anointed as a man. And healing is a good thing. He went about doing good and healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Nothing Jesus did, he did, he did nothing apart from God. He said nothing that disagreed with God. They were in complete union, complete harmony, and complete agreement. Jesus is the healer. Healing is for today. Healing is God's will. It doesn't matter the infirmity. It doesn't matter the sickness. If it's cancer, it doesn't matter. If it's diabetes, it doesn't matter. If it's arthritis, it doesn't matter. If it's brokenness, it doesn't matter. If this doesn't work, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the healer. He heals it all. He heals everything. Amen? He went about healing. He is the healer. His power heals. It restores. I mean, when you think about it, sickness is really an imbalance. I heard that from Keith Moore. One, one part is weak and another is strong. That's an imbalance. Right? Well, the same power that created the world goes into you and it strengthens the weakness. It makes the weak strong and it brings balance. Amen? God brings balance. So Jesus is the healer. Healing is for today. Healing is God's will. And all you have to do is believe and receive. Amen? And God can speed up the process. Hallelujah. So I know that maybe there's some people that need healing tonight. Because you came to a class, Faith for Miracles for Healing. Amen? And I'm giving you God's Word. So there's power in the place. Power is right here now. It's not my power, it's God's power. I just communicated the message, but He does the work. Amen? So if you're here tonight, and you need to be healed... Say, tonight, tonight is my night. Is my night. I'm, getting I'm getting what has already, what has already been, provided for me. been provided for me. Healing is mine. Because Jesus, Jesus is mine. He's my life. He's my, life. He's my strength. He He's my healer. He I receive healing. And no matter what I face, Jesus is my healer. He heals broken hearts. He binds up wounds. He makes things that he resurrects dead things. So if you're here tonight, I just want you to stand up. Thank you. 